bad. Mary in John eleven thirty two 32 says, Lord, exactly the same words. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And the crowd around Jesus in John eleven thirty seven 37 say, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Now, these are genuine questions when tragedy strikes. They, they are real and they are valid. Where is God? What is God doing about it? Does God really care? But they also, I think, uh, show a limited human viewpoint about who God is and, and uh, what God's work is. And that is that um, a kind of a sense that God's work is to do what we really want and to help keep us safe and happy. Um, that's kind of the, the essence of these questions. But Jesus gives a much bigger picture than that. I just want to read again for you John 11, some of the first verses from, uh, from verse 1 to 7. A man named Lazarus was sick. I'll uh, skip some verses. Um, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. You see, Jesus says that God can even use this tragic circumstance, the death of Lazarus, for God's glory to reveal more about who Jesus is and what God is doing through him in the world. I think that Jesus' actions in John chapter 11 are the, the acted equivalent of the words that we find in Romans chapter 8, where St. Paul writes, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Note that Paul doesn't say everything is good. That's actually a heresy. Not everything is good. There are bad things. Bad things happen. And the global pandemic of COVID-19 is a terrible, terrible thing. But what Paul says and what Jesus' actions show us is that God takes what is not good and he uses it for the good of those who love him. Jesus wanted Mary and Martha and us to know that there's more to his ministry than a miracle worker whose main job is to keep us safe and happy. He wants more than our happiness in life. He wants us to know him, to trust him, and to enjoy relationship with God the Father forever through him. So Jesus gives a bigger picture of what God is doing here. Third, I want to just um, focus on the interaction between Jesus and Martha. Um, and that happens in verse 23 to 27 of John chapter 11. Um, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. 
Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. You know, Martha often gets a bad rap. You know the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha's the one working in the kitchen and complaining about Mary not helping her. And people say, oh, you know, Martha, she was just too busy for Jesus. But actually, Martha is a person of great faith. And right here in John 11, she gives the greatest statement of faith in Jesus' identity that is found in any of the Gospels. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that God has sent into the world. Where is God when it hurts? He's in a human body. He's in Jesus right there with Martha and right beside us too. Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He hasn't come to kind of temporarily put off death in some kind of wonder-working fashion. He's come to completely conquer death and to give us resurrection. He's come to raise the dead. He's come to bring life out of death, hope out of despair, and light out of darkness. And this really helps to, to bring perspective to our own lives and to the things that are happening in our world right now. St. Teresa of Avila, not um, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, but an older saint of the church, um, who went through great suffering in her own life, said, In light of heaven, the worst suffering on earth will be seen to be no more serious than one night in an inconvenient hotel. In light of heaven, the worst suffering on earth will be seen to be no more serious than one night in an inconvenient hotel. So however great our fears and anxieties and even our suffering might be through this pandemic time and the suffering of the world, in the light of eternity, it's a very small thing. Finally, I just want to speak with you about Jesus' response to death, Jesus' response to Lazarus's death. First of all, the way that Jesus responds um, and that's in the latter part of the reading, where he comes to the tomb. He says, where did, where did you lay him? He gets really um, upset. This shows that for Jesus, death is not the way that things are meant to be. In that New Living Translation, which Tim read, um, it says that Jesus was deeply angry when he saw the people mourning the death of Lazarus. He wasn't angry at them. He wasn't angry at their grief. He was angry at the destruction that people experience and the grief that they experience through death. Jesus is angry about the fact that death is not the way that things are meant to be for human, for human beings. Death is an intruder. It's something wrong. It's a thing that should not be. And it's here because of sin. 
Secondly, Jesus' response shows that grief is real. Jesus weeps at the death of his friend. He goes through the normal human emotions of loss and sadness and grief. Grief is real. We can't get past it. We can't subvert it. We have to experience it when we lose a loved one, even for Christians and even for Jesus. And that's um, one of the famous verses in the Bible, in John 11, verse 33 to 39. It says, uh, where have you put him? Jesus asked in verse 34. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Yes, grief is real. But finally, death for Jesus is not ultimate. Death is not the end. In John 11, verse 11, Jesus says, Lazarus is sleeping and we're going there to wake him up, even though he knows that Lazarus has died. And then he says to Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And then he says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out of the tomb. So death is not ultimate. Jesus has conquered death. He is the resurrection and the life for us. And the good news is that one day each of us will hear the voice of Jesus. Come out. Nathan, come out. David, come out. Barry, come out. We'll wake from our sleep into the presence of the one who is the resurrection and the life. I want to finish uh, this sermon on John 11 with those words from Romans 8, which Jesus shows the truth of here in, in, as he raises Lazarus. John 8 verse, uh, sorry, Romans 8 verse 31 onwards. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, nor, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, the one who is the resurrection and the life. Amen.